Now, if I may, before we get too far in, yep, just get <laughs> that out of the get I, that out of the way. I, I'm pretty sure that's our opener right there. Just. <laughs> Hey, did we introduce us? We did. No, we didn't. I didn't even like. I hadn't even. Oh, what? I don't even know what we're. Have we even started? Who Has, are we? When? What's going what on? What is starting? Who? Wait, we're recording this. You're recording. La- you said this was just. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to RPGX Radio. My name is King Monkey, and I'll be your host for this evening. With me along for the ride, my good pal Simmy. Say, why don't you say hi, Simmy? Hi, Simmy. Fantastic. <laughs> Everything is highly edited. You're not even listening to the beginning. You're listening to the end of the podcast. Yeah, and you missed all the yeah, missed all the farting noises and everything. It was uh, it was a symphony there for a while. Like a symphony. Symphony. If you if you've seen Eric Whitaker's virtual choir, imagine that with fart noises. It I was actually imagining jingle dogs but with fart noises. Jingle farts. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> we are ever one step away from the poop cast, Simmy. One day you're going to give in and it's just going to happen. <laughs> it's oh it, it's a crappy idea and I'm not going to give in Precisely. to it, even to my number two fan. Precisely. It's a crappy idea. It's the bottom. It would never crack the top. No, it's it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a cheeky, cheeky idea. idea. It, it, it belongs <laughs> in the sewer. Yeah, yeah, we can flush it then. <laughs> Hey, I made that so, joke last time, or several yeah, times yeah. ago. You can't take that from no. me. It's mine. No, Put no, that thing no, back okay. where it came from, or so help me. <laughs> so do you have a random verb for me this week? Or how are we doing this? Because as usual, we have made almost no preparations. <laughs> I just One of these days, you're going to spring it on me that I'm the one who has to come up with the verb, and I'm going to be like... No, I would never do that, because then that requires me to come up with using it in a sentence. Yeah, that's true, too. And relying on me to have something pre-planned. I do Like, knowing a verb. It's a verb's random verb of the week for you, though. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, As ever. Are you limbered up? (laughs) Have you done your stretches? I did a stretch, so I'm I'm good. Perfect. Because today's verb is circulate. Circulate. All right. Circulate. And I'm going to just try and take a step away from forcing Edric the Bard into this whole situation, because I think that was one of my hang-ups before. It was Uh-oh. just too complicated for me to try and figure out how to get it in there. Oh, no. So I'm going to do something totally different. You can't do something different. We have an established pattern. No, this is going to be complete complete deviation from the norm. We're going to be deviants now. And now for um, something completely different. Baldric the Bard. <laughs> Circulated <laughs> among the t- patrons of the tavern as he played his lute. <laughs> I snorted. Uh, oh God. <laughs> We've discovered the extent of my creativity. And we've also discovered Simmy's precise level of standards when it comes to jokes. That was. It's not good. Like, I figured you were either going to pull Edric back out anyway, or really go somewhere different. But no, you you split the difference there. I, do, I just <laughs> took a step to, I took a step to the left. <laughs> but oh, isn't it boy. a jump to the left and then a step to the right? Come on. You would think so, but I was doing things differently. Oh, and we can't do or, the next part of that dance, the because this is RPG Crossing. Right. right. 
yeah. yeah. And yeah, it would really it. drive you insane. Yay, 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 yay. Mm-hmm. But so what do you say we do the time warp and do get we back have a on track for today? <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess I can do that. We, due to popular demand, swarming throngs of people. Oh, I've never seen so many thongs of fans before. Nope, nope, nope. We what? are not Cisco. We are not doing the thong song. Oh, sorry. Yeah, different different podcasts. Throng, 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 throng. Yes, we are going to cover games on PvP from mm. the GM perspective, and as oh, we've from from the right perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as we've kind of been talking about it, we've realized that even some of the the normal conceits that come with starting a game flex differently. So we're going to give you a little bit of that, and then we're going to start segueing into today's topic. So normally, I would say, your game should consist of kind of the inception of that game, and your planning for what you want that game to be, and a session zero, where you present that to the people that you're going to be playing with, and have them develop characters with you, that way their characters fit into your world, and from there you can tell the story. Am I about right here so far, King Monkey? Sounds reasonable. I mean, it sounded uh, it sounded good. It sounded convincing. Okay, uh, your delivery was was on was spot on. So yeah, no, it was, I was with you from beginning to end. It, it definitely, we're listening. I it, mm. that's what I'm getting. I'm getting you definitely heard me. Oh yeah, for sure. You were talking, and uh, <clears throat> you mentioned me, you called me conceited. I, I heard that part. That sounds right. That sounds like something yeah. I would say. Yeah, I can't deny it. <laughs> yeah, so starting a game. Yeah, um, so starting a game. Um, how far back do you want to go? Like, basically, where does the game start, right? From, From a, a thousand years ago. One thousand years ago, in the plains of the Middle East, in the desert, there was, there a was an idea. <laughs> oh, a baby a, idea. A baby idea that needs to be nurtured. Oh, you know, there are times when I think maybe we should rehearse this. <laughs> No, I mean, people love what we're doing right now. It's weird. Well, you know, I will say cheers to low standards. Right? Exactly. Oh. I mean, you got people who are just desperate for anything, and we're something. We are something. We're something. I don't know. But kind of one of the things that you and I talked about was, like, where do we draw the line for these kind of four segments of this? And initially, we were talking about covering session zero to start with, and we realized... Session Zero really has two parts of it, and you have, you're you doing something different. So we're covering a little bit of the first part, inception of the idea, kind of how you choose a game for Play-By-Post specifically, and what things to consider as you go through that. And a Session Negative 1 is kind of what I've heard it called. But we're also going to bleed into Session Zero a bit, because you've got some ideas we're going to throw out there. So... The, the big takeaway here is there are no clear-cut lines. And as we always say, these are yeah. our ideas and the way that we approach things and what we so do, do it that way. way. Yeah. So it's so the only it right way. way. I mean, why if else you would do you listen way, to this podcast? I mean, yeah, clearly you're looking for instruction. If you do it yeah. any other way, you're wrong. I mean, that that's the facts. Yeah. No, yeah. that's objectively true. Yeah. So, you know what? When you, we were talking about choosing... Uh, a system or we'd had the topic of choosing a system that we we discussed and i'm wondering do you typically as a gm start with the system in mind or a story 
Because, I mean, either one of those I could see as valid. You know, if uh, Pathfinder 2 comes out and you're like, oh boy, I want to try Pathfinder 2. So you have the mechanics or, you know, the set of mechanics, which is kind of the um, inciting moment for your for your campaign conception, right? Or alternately, you can have an idea for a story and then you find the system to go with it, as opposed to having the system then finding the story to go with it. I think it depends on how the idea comes to me. If it's a Mm -hmm. story idea, then usually it's easier for me to plop it into something I know. Yeah. But if I find a system that I like, I will sometimes try and find a way to use that system to tell a story, and so then I kind of go the other way. And I, I actually learned a new word, called ludonarrativity in games. Okay. And that's where your mechanics actually inform the way you play the game, not like the way roles and everything works out, but like the actual storytelling of the game. So that is actually something I've started thinking about more. I, I don't necessarily have a firm grasp on because I haven't been doing it very long, but it yeah. makes sense in a way because one of the games I desperately want to run for a very specific kind of story, starts off in Phoenix Dawn Command, which tells the story of epic heroes who go out, do epic things, and aren't penalized for sacrificing themselves. In fact, are expected to sacrifice themselves for the greater good if necessary. And that sacrifice okay. will will achieve huge results. And then they can come back more powerful and do it again up to seven times, I believe. And so the actual mechanic of dying to level up informs how you play the story and, and the, the way a story can play out because you know you can choose to give up your life and do something amazing that might save your comrades. Or you might do it at the end of an adventure. You know you, you've got it handled. You're like, guys, step back. I've got this because maybe it's you're ready to, to go higher into the power level. You know, There's a lot of different ways and reasons you can do that. So for me, it just depends i will naturally default to systems i know though what about you kind of a time lord thing yeah um yeah i mean and of course it's not just like a clear-cut either story or system to uh right uh to to um inspire it's sort of a synthesis of the two um most recently as of the time of recording this i am starting a game of uh werewolf uh the apocalypse oh no you're you're dating us Yeah, I'm, I'm at some I'm point dating. in yeah. the past you did this. Oof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the distant, distant past, maybe I don't know months or years ago. Whenever we recorded this, is I believe when we've established. I that had the idea one thousand years ago, right? A thousand years ago, one in a distant star system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, it, it was actually a weird one because normally I will have a story idea in mind. I will have a type of story or a kind of event or something along those lines that I want to explore with a game. Um, But this werewolf was actually something proposed to me. My initial idea was to use the book Werewolf the Wild West from White Wolf Games. Uh, It's one of those books that I picked up that I love it, and I've never had a chance to play it. And I think every, every RPG nerd knows that feeling, where we've got that one special book that's still sitting there. We've read it from cover to cover two times, forgotten what's in it. So we'll still have to go over it by the time we ever actually have to start a game. And we're just desperate, so desperate that people are like, ooh, no, don't look at this guy. He's about to bite me. Let's not play with him. <laughs> so I wanted to play that. 
And I was like, I've got so many cool ideas. I've spent so many years looking at weird Wild West stuff in fiction and in real life. And I've got so many cool ideas. And I know the themes and I know the movies. And, and then the player that I was talking to was like, yeah, but what about Prohibition era? <laughs> and I was like, like, I had never, ever considered that. So now I have to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like someone, I had my own idea for a story I wanted to tell, then a player, players, and player was like, yeah, but what about if we don't do that and do something actually good? And so <laughs> the idea came to me from someone else, and I will take complete credit for it in the end. As is tradition GMs do. Yeah, I mean, in this podcast, and all every GM will do that. It's like we all shamelessly steal stuff from various movies and it's like wasn't that in the movie crow no i came up with that that's mine <clears throat> but i think right. i think we all know that ultimately we're always stealing from power rangers they did it first did they do it first maybe they stole it from crow i don't know <laughs> not a big power rangers kid that was after my time it was it was way after your time you were you were well into your 40s when power rangers was popular <laughs> i've been in my 40s for about 30 years now so it's questionable math or questionable biology whichever you want to call into suspicion so my system my system was almost integral to the game at that point though because um werewolf there aren't too many games that are specifically werewolf tailored and werewolf is the probably the most famous werewolf game how many more times can you fit werewolf in that sentence i mean if you're if it's a challenge (laughs) (laughs) so so choosing a system in a lot of ways is easier, I think, for running a game on site because you just mm. gotta choose the system not not for like the application to the site, but just for I wanna run this story in this system. That idea is much easier on the site because you can throw up whatever idea you've got and odds are there are a couple people who are interested in that system or interested in that story. Yeah. Which I think is a huge plus to play-by-post and, and RPG Crossing specifically, you, we have such a big pool of people who are... And that was a lot mm. of peas, and that's going to sound horrible and edit. A big oh, pool of people? A big pool of people. A big pool of people to pull from. big pool of potential people to pull from. As long as you're not yeah. looking to run Shadowrun, you can find some people who are interested. Yeah. I mean, you could find people willing to to play Shadowrun, but why would you? Yeah, oh, right? I mean, shots fired. The person who's on the receiving end of those shots knows what they did to deserve it. You all it know was play what you Run. did. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they asked to play Shadowrun. Yeah. They set themselves <laughs> up for it. But one of the things you do have to consider is how the rules will interact with this different setup because rules for Mm. games are set up in such a way that live interaction is the core of the idea yeah yeah and some systems are going to be kind of ruled out like we talked about the uh, white wolf street fighter game with uh, uh, includes cards you know i mean we have the technology where we can include miniatures or tokens fairly easily uh but something there are other ones that require specific gestures and you know from players and uh, all kinds of weird rules for oddball role-playing systems but and uh, things like cards they can be spoofed on the site with a, a role but yeah it becomes a lot harder to manage and you're, you're kind of looking at different things so so these are all just things to consider you want to really look at your mm-hmm. system and think okay here's the hard points i definitely think we're going to hit 
how will those map to someone who posts once a week? How will those map to someone who is posting after three other people have? How is that going to map with someone who only can get on site twice a week, so can't have a back and forth with people? So yeah. all things to consider as you go through. I am planning for us to actually spend a lot of time delving into that a little more, maybe pull out some specific systems and how we could adapt those. Yeah. But I wanted to cover just a little bit of that now. Have you done any of that? We talked about initiative and how you can some of the different ways you can do that. Are there other rules adaptions that you have done that you would share? I don't think I've done any that really stand out because I've only been picking systems that have been easily suited to uh, translation on play-by-post. To be honest with you, I'm thinking the only other role-playing system I have that wouldn't really scale over so easily would be the old Marvel superheroes game where you have that um, that whole chart that you roll on. I mean, I guess you could easily just throw a chart in as an image or something and then just roll and refer back to it, but yeah. I actually know what system you're talking about because one of the podcasts I used to listen yeah. to used that system. <laughs> and I remember thinking they, they'd roll and they'd say, that's a green. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. They're like, and so I fail. What? What? Green's good. Yep. That means go. You fail. No, no green's, green's bad. bad. Green's no, bad. No, I rolled a red. That's amazing. I'm like, no, that means stop. That means bad. No, it means you succeeded very well. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I learned. You get your stun and slam results. And it's like, it was a weird kind of categorization where things start with feeble, poor, and they actually gave uh, words, adjectival descriptions for your level, like incredible, amazing, monstrous, unearthly, shift X. And it was like, did we run out of adjectives for really good <laughs> all right cool that's yeah, cool so so it's anyway. definitely something to consider how are your rules going to interact with a different interaction method <laughs> too many interactions <laughs> yeah because the more times you need to have live feedback on something the 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 harder it's going to be to maintain that game i have found unless you yeah, have you a group that works that that is all super active all the time i don't have that I am not that, so to be honest with you, I'm I'm glad that I don't. I think if I had a game with people who were posting once a day or twice a day and I was managing once every couple of days, I'd probably feel pretty bad about that. Oh yes, I've had those problems and I've tried yeah. to up my level for theirs and we'll talk about how that went. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Spoiler alert, not well. <laughs> yeah. But also so, you want to consider like, is it gonna be more useful to the 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 game to give target numbers to people before they have to roll because if they already know how a roll is going to go then they can just fold it yeah. into their post whereas if they don't they have to write up until the action and wait for the result and then that becomes more on the dm yeah. but that's a trade-off because if there's a game with resources to spend and they know it's going to be a hard number to hit are they able to separate what their character knows from what they know enough to make a decision based on their character. That's a hard line to draw. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I would personally err more towards giving that information up front. Let them have the difficulty number or the target armor class um, and let the players do some of the tracking because honestly, that'll even make it easier for the DM. Maybe you're giving up control, but ultimately control in a role-playing game is not... I mean, it's supposed to be a collaborative thing. It's not all the DM's uh, baby. It's not all the DM's story, right? Right, right. This so, I mean, Dungeon Master or Game Master or whatever it's called, as the god 
of these games. It it works from a certain standpoint, but as a just general narrative standpoint, it can really feel limiting because then it makes a game feel yeah. like they have to ask permission to do anything. Yeah, well, it's it's my game and you can you can do the, the things that I have set out that you can do. You've got full narrative freedom within these confines that I have established as the all-powerful storyteller. Right. I I do some of that in my even in my in-person games now. I I like giving them the mm-hmm. goal. Like sometimes I'll make it I'll, I'll hide it for a little bit until someone hits and I'm like your goal is this number because I think it's fun if they don't know when when i have that interaction right there when they're wondering oh my gosh how high do i have to roll and they just missed it by one but in a play by post i definitely think you can do away with that in interest of efficiency or expediency yeah and if you're worried about the metagame problem then one thing that i have done and i do it in person i say okay here's the goal now this character doesn't know that so choose your actions however you want Keep that in mind as you're choosing. And then if they choose to act on it, that's on them. They're taking away from their part of the yeah. story, in my opinion. So, they, but they're going to, they're having fun their way at that point. And I, I don't have a problem with that too much. If they take it too far, it can start to impact the story. I mean, as long as it doesn't impact the enjoyment of the other players. Exactly. If it's, o- if it's only on them, then that's their deal. Because, I mean, it, that we talked about that before. It's a question of what you want to get out of the game. Are you looking for an enriching story? Are you looking for mechanical advantage and results? And neither of those are wrong. So it's just as long as everyone is sort of on the same board and no one's trying to impinge on other people's uh, achieving of their goals, right? Yeah. No, I would say it, it re- in play-by-post specifically, it works to give that information up. And just leave it on the players so you as a DM can be free to do other things. One thing I have seen that literally puts it all on the players to decide if they look or not is they'll put spoilers with information. Say, if you if you want to make these checks to dis- discover information, that, and then they'll title the, the spoiler button, DC 16 knowledge check gets you this information. And then they, you open it up or not, you it's all on a trust system. And so if you know you can separate those two knowledge pools, yours versus your characters, yeah. you can read it either way. But if you have that I issue, then you can... I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I'd do that. It's, it's, it's an idea for people who are worried, because it gives yeah. you a little more... It's another barrier where, oh, I have to click to see it. I, I've literally been like oh, i have to click again i don't i don't care <laughs> i had to click once and now i have to click twice what is this i'm out of here i used my other finger to scroll so i save some effort and now i gotta use my first finger to click again no is this rpg crossing or rpg clicking i mean am i right oh you get are get out of here also, it sounds like a lot of effort just formatting the posts. That's it. Like you have to, again, you have to do multiple clicks to get that to work. And now I can see that. I can see that because then you've also got the information out there so they can act on that in their next post as well, just to speed things along. I can see the value of it. What we're saying is there's lots of ways to do it, but if you hide information from your players, you're hiding information from your players. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah. <laughs> I will not you have, horrible, you have horrible players and you feel you can't trust them and it's a statement on how you feel about them, right? That's what you're that's what you're getting at? What basically what we're asking here is who hurt you? Who hurt you? Yeah, I mean, 
DM, come on, man. Just lighten up. Feel free to have fun. It's a, it's a game, man. It's just a game. It, I, you know, there are times that I wonder why are we not doing a, an advice column as a podcast, but no, I get it now. I see that. <laughs> that would not work out very well. But in addition to thinking of how you adapt the rules that you have, a lot of people in a lot of games like to add house rules, and sometimes that's to facilitate an easier play-by-post system. So, like when we talked about the initiative system, that would be that could be an adaption. That could also just be a house rule: players go first. Uh, yeah, you can you can also change the way certain things happen. You can add rules in. I want to make these kind of rules if you do this. So you have to consider all that before you even put a game idea out there to people. Because if your system normally allows, let's say, guns, but guns are no longer a thing you're doing in the system, that's a house rule. And you've got to make sure you understand how that affects everything going forward. Because game systems kind of sit on a precarious balance a lot of times, or they get very swingy with the way your characters can be built. And if you start messing with that, you mess with the way people come in thinking about the game, and they can build a character ultimately that fails in what they hope to do. So I have, I am a very big proponent of house rules. House rules are awesome. It's just another way of reskinning things or throwing in what makes the game fun for you. No, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, it has to be clear, though. It has to make sense, and it has to be clear. Um, and ultimately, I think all the players have to agree to it, because uh, it doesn't really work if, if only some of the people agree with it and other people are just begrudgingly doing it. Sure, um, sure. I think, I think you get some of that with your, the application process. You, when you, that, and that's why, I, that's why I'm saying before you even put it out in front of people, you have to say, these are the house rules I want. And that way yeah, you can be clear sure. about what you're asking. And then people can then say, oh, this isn't for me. Or would you be willing to reconsider this and decide what you're willing to bend on early and decide what you are going to be firm on early. That way you can give clear answers. If someone says, are you willing to bend on this? You can just say no, or send them a PM and say, tell me what you're thinking. I tend to be a very permissive DM. Someone says, oh, I like this idea, but I really would like to do it with this. I'm like, Let, let's talk in a private message. I think I have an idea of how yeah, that could work. Yeah. And I, I'm always, I always tell them, usually, well, I don't always. When I, when I get into those discussions, my general thought is, here's what we're willing to try, but you have to be willing to let me scale, scale you back if it's too strong. Yeah. Have you ever come up with a play, uh, in play by post, have you ever come up with a house rule after the fact, as a response to something a player did. Oh, that's a good question. Because as you were talking, I definitely realized that there was a house rule that I came up with uh, in response to something that a player did. Um, it was in uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Someone had a dominate ability that normally did not have uh, what you'd call a saving throw. You couldn't resist it. It was just, you do the thing, and that's it, because of the level that he had it at. Typically, it was intended for use on NPCs, but the, in these in the mechanics, there was no difference. You could do it to another PC, uh, and so this person laid a dominate on another character. And at that point, I house ruled. You know what? Because you're doing it on another player, and that in, infringes on their ability to control their own character, I would allow them to make a willpower roll. Mm -hmm. So, I, I I sort of had a house rules thread. Uh, set up and I was able to post it there clearly detailing my reason behind it and how it would be how it would be resolved so 
the person doing the using the power would have the option that it could happen like they still had a chance that it would work out as intended but it also gave the person who's going to be subject to the domination uh, a level of chance or uh, a degree of chance that they might be able to resist it you know it's against the rules technically but it's in the interest of fairness right yeah definitely and yeah and i mean a lot of role-playing games also have the the like, especially the white wolf games had this specifically stated that these are just guidelines a any rule in a game is a guideline which right is where house rules come from in the first place right definitely and and like pathfinder and the fifth edition D and D. I'm not sure how fourth how fourth did it. They right. they have canonized the ability that social skills work on NPCs, but you have to just role play with someone. You cannot just say, okay, I roll I roll a skill check, and now this person has to believe this, or now I yeah. now I can convince them that I'm lying that I'm not lying. And I like that a lot because I've had that a few times now in my games where someone's like, oh, I want to, I, I want them to believe that I, I didn't steal something from them. I'm like, oh, he's like, what do I roll? I said, nothing. Just have a conversation. You remember yeah. that you didn't see that happen, but you have seen him do other things. So your suspicions are unfounded. Just don't accuse him of this because you didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let it play out because it shouldn't be, you shouldn't, I don't think you should almost ever be able to control another player's character outside of very, very narrow circumstances. It's one of the cardinal sins of role-playing, I think. Maybe something we could go into in another podcast. Basically, the uh, the the absolute do-not-do's uh, of role-playing. Yeah, how to be a good player, maybe. Or specifically, how not to be a bad player. Okay, well, yeah. that, that's that, that's just a sentence. Don't be King Monkey. What? <laughs> what? what? I didn't I didn't mention theocracies once. I wasn't being King Monkey. <laughs> or is it or is it just don't play Shadowrun? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you be a good player. Good life advice. <laughs> that's just good life advice. <laughs> Eli. <laughs> and, and and Marshmallow now. Yeah. We kid because ostensibly we care, you know. On record, the the transcript when read of this podcast will say we kid because we care. We kid because we care. That's exactly, mm -hmm. wink, what we mean. That's what the transcript says. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine someone looking, if this was a script, is this, is, is your podcast scripted? Yeah, we wrote this. This. <laughs> this is. Oh my God. Everything's going exactly as planned. Like, this randomness takes a long time to script. I'm telling you. It's very realistic randomness and sort of aimless meandering. It takes a long time to be able to grasp that uh, in, in dialogue uh, when you're writing, for it's sure. It's especially important because I don't actually edit episodes. I just put up what we record exactly as is. Exactly. Like, there, yeah. There's no editing. Like It's all theater. Like That's the secret. Yeah, and Simi even plays that music that, uh, that some of our listeners love so much when we switch over to the, uh, the other segments there. He has a little keyboard there as Casio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Sophie, Sophie's choice yeah. definitely loves that music. Well, it's it. You know what? You need all you need to do is throw a dance beat on it, extend it, throw some, just throw some uh, bass drops. You can have a dubstep remix of that. Let the bass yeah. drop. Wow, 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 and that, that could be, be her, her ringtone. ringtone. <laughs> I think I think she'd like that. You know what? As a gift, as a special thoughtful gift, write that down. Okay, write that down. 
I'm I'm actually gonna talk to some of my uh, shady friends and and try and hack her phone to set that up. I like that you felt you need to specify your shady friends as opposed to just your friends. Well, I mean, again, we know we know, we know about your friends, your friends already. already. It's fine. <laughs> we're we're just okay. I'm, I'm keeping the theater going. That's that's just stop that's pulling it. the curtain back. <laughs> Put the curtain back. <laughs> So did we have another topic that we were going to continue on, or was this sort of like just the ultimate devolution of the podcast? Yeah. Congratulations. This is the last episode. We're done. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciated our time with you. So all of that is just basically how you start planning. Because you also have to consider, like, after you've considered your system, and how you're adapting it, you you may or may not have a specific story in mind. And so you have to kind of decide, are you using a pre-planned setting like Eberron or the, what is it? Is it called World of Darkness? Is that the setting? Yeah, it's, yeah, that's the name of the setting. And so you've got to, you got to pick, do you want to use something that's pre-planned, has its own lore already built in, or are you building that yourself? Mm-hmm. And and each of those come with its own issues you have to deal with. Not issues in a bad yeah. way, just things to consider. Why don't you enumerate sure, sure. some of logistics. those? Logistics. Logistics is the word you're looking for, yeah. Logistics, yes. Well, I mean, if you're using an established published setting, you have the advantage in that anyone who wants to play and has access to the materials already has all the information. It's all right there. Uh, in many cases, there are wikis on it, uh, you know, or if you can get the book at your game store. so the DM does not have the onus of explaining the regions or the customs or the, the magic or science rules of the, of the setting. Everyone has access to that information already. Um, homebrew, of course, you've got uh, on the DM, you've got a lot more setup to do because now since that's your unique place, you've got to explain how and why everything works the way it does. And of course, there are certain there's a blending too, because you know you'll have homebrew, uh, like you'll have established settings, but you know, with asterisks that it's your own special country in established setting, right? Right. And and I would say the opposite side of both of those is if you use an established setting, you you are you, you aren't beholden to it. But if you say I'm using the yeah. Eberron setting. And someone with yeah. a lot of knowledge about Eberron comes in and says, oh, I want to do this in this place and have this thing going on here and this, and I want to attach to this background. And you don't know that stuff or that you don't know it as well as them. You, you're going right. to, you could feel like you have homework to do at best or at worst that you are not good enough not to control. run that setting. Mm, yeah. And, and, and that can, that carries kind of a weight to it. So be willing to learn and be willing to tell people, I don't know, but I will inform myself on this. Give me some time. If you're going to use a pre-planned yeah. setting. And ideally, the game is not a its not a challenge, right? It's a collaboration. So ultimately, the players should be willing to help out if the DM is not familiar with a certain element of it. And I, I, I've actually got that in my game right now. Remember in the previous episode i was talking about when someone proposes a racial game where everybody's a dwarf and that one guy comes in and says that's cool can i be a gnome and i said you shouldn't do that no um, i didn't i've so never heard you say that before in my life you should listen to the rpgx radio podcast it's really good and i think i said that once there sounds like a joke yeah. i don't think that, that right. doesn't sound interesting at all so i have this werewolf game right where everyone's a werewolf in the game called werewolf and i propose this werewolf game of werewolf 
and I had a player saying, that looks really cool. Can I play a were crocodile? Now, the, the big, so the bigger deal of that is I don't have the source book that deals with uh, the various lizard folk that you can play in the game, right? So at that point, I'm going to, you know, if I allow that player in, then I'm going to basically straight up say, I don't have the book and I'm not super familiar with it the way I am with Werewolf the Werewolfening. So I am going to rely on that person to sort of do their own um, housekeeping, right? To keep track of the things that are specific to them. Um, it's kind of aside from the topic of setting and homebrew. More me just complaining about p problematic players. Again, player singular. If you are one. playing Shadowrun or like Shadowrun, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, obviously, it messes with your head, right? You start Clearly. to think, this looks like fun. This could be a good idea, but it's not. It's just a bad idea. Because you say we're crocodile, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Can I actually say something? I played first edition Shadowrun when it first came out, and I think that's why I don't like Shadowrun. <laughs> I understand that the the later ones have fixed up a lot of the issues but you know sometimes you get that first initial thing you're like oh no oh no this is not for me <laughs> so that's where my dislike of Shadowrun comes from I've Maybe never played Shadowrun I just enjoy dunking on people so if someone's dunking on someone else I'll just say yeah I'm with it I'm, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is I'm on board I'm that guy that sees a group of people doing stuff and I'm like I want to do that too hey is that a bandwagon oh sweet they have a band <laughs> so let's pretend you've got your system you've got mm. your setting that you've decided how you're going to go with that and now it's time to develop the story that at least enough to, to present it to other people what are some things to think about as you kind of put the story together and are preparing to show it expose it if you will to mm -hmm. other people yeah um what are the things i mean there's a lot of different types of story just, just like in writing so is it primarily based on a plot? Is it based on a theme or tone? Um, so the, basically you, what you do it f specifically for play-by-post when you're advertising, uh, you're going to sort of emphasize what it is about the story that you want people to... Hmm, that you want to resonate most with people or that you want them to most grab onto. You know, is it Call of Cthulhu? Then maybe you're not going to go say, you know, it's a this person is kidnapped and we need to rescue them that's sort of peripheral to the key attraction of a game like that where it's all about the the setting and the creepiness and the atmosphere right yeah i th i think you want to kind of consider what what tropes would be common in the story like if you're doing a call of cthulhu then obviously well i guess not even obviously but call of cthulhu initially will bring to mind horror and otherworldly like terror and detective type things and yeah. strange happenings but if you want to use yeah. call of Cthulhu to tell a different story you have to prep people for that because they just see call of Cthulhu. it's a light-hearted romp of four college students as they make their way towards veterinarian school <laughs> uh, veterinarian but but along the way they they adopt a really weird dog Oh my gosh, I think I just turned it into Scooby-Doo. Can you do Scooby-Doo with Call of Cthulhu? <laughs> Scooby-Cthulhu? Scooby-Dooby-Doo-Cthulhu. Scooby -Doo -Cthulhu. Cthulhu. 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 We'll, we'll workshop it. I mean, we got some to do now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, okay well, I mean... That's ins- I love so that. We're <laughs> writing down notes, right? Yeah. Call of Cthulhu, but Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Call of Scooby-Thulu. 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 But, so, so it's important, as you consider the story you want to tell, you don't have to kind of map out every beat. And in fact, I would say don't. Yeah. Because if, yeah. if you're a very linear story, can feel like it's on rails. And, and lots of people don't like that feeling. Yeah, and I think if you're doing like a more straightforward thing, like a Dungeons and Dragons, really what you want to set up is the inciting incident of the plot. If it's not going to be focused so much on the atmosphere, and Dungeons and Dragons can be, by all means, any system can be used for anything, as we just proved with Scooby Thulu. Um, <laughs> But, you know, if you're doing something with a more straightforward story, you don't, like you say, don't give away the details, but you have to really build up the inciting incident. And that has to be like a hook. That has to be something that, like, this is why. This is an uh, incontrovertible reason why you want to get involved in the story, uh, both as a player and as the adventurer. Yeah, and so so while you're building your hook, you, you, you want to keep, you want to, I keep coming back to this this tone idea and, and the yeah. tropes that you want in your game because the the things you put out there will determine what types of players or characters are going to end up in your application thread. And if you are yeah. in a super serious, gritty adventure about, you know, mm-hmm. Western werewolves, for a random example, you yeah. don't necessarily want a, oh, what's that movie called? Deliverance, where crocodile oh. strumming a banjo telling See, you, you said, what was that idea? And I thought three amigos. <laughs> well, you know, Werewolf the Wild West, but the Three Amigos. That could actually work. Yeah, and so you, you just gotta you gotta know, like, you don't want a super jokey character in the super serious, gritty story. And so you yeah. want the way you present everything to kind of call to the right people. So so it's important mm-hmm. to kind of imagine what your what a what a care what a system or a group would look like in this system, and kind of work backwards. And have your story meet that group so they kind of cross. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that stuff, like choosing tone, can just come down to even just simple word choices. Um, You know, because just the way you describe a thing is going to inform the type of story and therefore the type of characters you're going to get to apply for it. You know, if you're going to describe magic as, um, you know, mystical or... Uh, supernatural, mystical, or magical, or fey, or enchanting, you're gonna get uh, sort of standard D and D kind of thing. Whereas if you start describing it as eldritch or occult, you're gonna get a very different kind of feel. They basically mean the same thing, but um, you'll get a different feel out of each of those words that you apply. Exactly, King Monkey. Just like you were saying. Precisely. Yeah, I know that you were paying attention. I, I, I definitely was. I was here the whole time. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, word choice. choice. That's, That's all I'm saying. saying. <laughs> cool. So, so, so we were talking about Scooby Thulu, right? Scooby Thulu and uh, the three werewolf amigos. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any other stuff in kind of this preparing to prepare an ad for a game you want to run segment? In what I what I've kind of labeled in our, our outline document, Inception and Session Negative One. I mean, you could maybe give a thought to how you're going to lay it out. Uh, you know, you get the uh, forum for your game and 
what kind of threads you want included in it if you need subforums or are eligible for subforums. Like you can maybe think about the um, not desktop publishing, but sort of like the just the computer layout of the deal to a certain extent. You you can consider it, we, and and we can cover a little more of that when we get to our next one, which is about kind of getting everything running. Oh yeah. oh, I guess I guess if you have if you if you put all of that together, you can actually get a forum to start like doing some pre planning in. Yeah. And if you are a community supporter, you get a free forum, a free uh, thread that you can Sub-forum. do whatever you want. Sub- oh yeah, that's true too. I have one of those, and I never use it. I. <laughs> I actually just remembered as we were talking <laughs> about places to do stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I have one. That you de- yeah, you were just remembering that you definitely have one that you use fully, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I tend to skip it because I have a, I go to my Dungeon Master control panel and yeah. look at old games that I have control of and just do stuff in those if I need to try stuff. Yeah, but that's true, too. It's, I mean, that's hardly critical to the application. It's not really... Um, it's not a make-or-break kind of thing. It's not the sort of information that you're going to be putting in your initial game ad, for example. Right, right. definitely. Yeah. But since all of that is, I mean, covered perfectly, expertly, professionally, it is time for everyone's favorite ep- part of the episode. Can you mm-hmm. guess what that is, K-Monkey? I already opened my can, so I'm, I'm at a loss. <laughs> it is Adventure Assemble! So, are we assembling a new adventure, or is this the continuing uh, shenanigans of Edric the Bard? That is to be decided when you decide what character you bring in in two episodes from now. Fantastic. You asked me to think about something in the future. For for now, we're just going to determine where and what is happening. So, give me 2d6 rolls while I have to sign back in to... Google, because apparently I have to do that now. All right, let me just get my dice. No, I said two. I've got two D6s among the dice I've got here. See, these ones These ones are my son's favorite ones, the purple one and the gold one. Yes, I do see them, because as we've established, this is a video cast. Clearly, beautiful, rich colors, 4K, high definition, 3D even. See, I'm, you know, we really sprung for nothing but the highest of tech here. I got a total of ten. A six and a four, if that matters. A six and a four. So a six, two, three, four, five. Puts us on water. Uh-oh. Oh, no. On water. I hope there's a boat between us in the water. Lakes, seas, shores, etc. So now, you said a four? Yeah. Okay, so th- that gives us forested for the other type i i'm imagining a like island a, a forested island with a sheer cliff face that butts right up against the water i don't know how high it is but that that's kind of what i'm seeing right now and do you see anything different or you have any other ideas to throw out there um let's see so thick uh, lush vegetation i think it's like tropical uh, so i think it might be more akin to a jungle like a, or a rainforest Okay. A coastal rainforest on the sweeping slopes of a large island with steep cliff faces and limestone cliff faces. So they've got those cool uh, uh, caverns and naturally formed crevices and stuff. So I've got jungle and cliff. Natural limestone caverns. Okay. 
and then roll me a d20. The blue one gives us an 11. It's, it's the number right after 10. Everybody's tables. Oh my gosh. <sighs> For a DM to lose their table is a truly terrifying experience. I get it. Well, now I you gonna be okay? One to Take go a breath. To. Let's go to River and Coast area. That's our place to start. And you said nine? No, I didn't. I said eleven. You said eleven. eleven. That's what I said. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, I, I, ha- I opened my can earlier, so now I don't fully understand what numbers do. <laughs> and it looks like our encounter is with a nymph. Ooh. This is weird because PG's... normally we get like a whole thing here. I like this. Like PG thirteen, right? This is PG thirteen. This is PG thirteen. Keep that okay, in mind. So it's, it's all not fine. that kind of encounter. It's not like a blue lagoon sort of scenario. Fair enough. It is not a deviant art encounter with a nymph. Okay. <laughs> the fewer deviant art encounters I have in my life, the better. <laughs> so we have a we have a, a luscious jungle island with some sheer and a luscious jungle nymph and a nymph interacting with mm-hmm. the setting in some way. So we know whoever we put into the story has an encounter with this nymph. And we'll kind of okay. see how that all plays out next time, because I'm next intrigued. time is when we get our random quest. I am intrigued. I can't wait to see who's interacting with this nymph and in what capacity. Oh, see, if I'd gone with Forested, that would have been more fun. Why? What would you have got? Because we would have gotten Bandit. <gasps> the nymph is a bandit? Bandit nymph. You know what? Nymph yeah. Bandit. The nymph is somehow... Right, right, it's, it's a, a nymph, nymph bandit. <laughs> well, I guess there we are. We got water and forest, so we're going to mix them up. <laughs> nymph bandit. Here we are in Scooby Thulu, right? <laughs> Scooby Thulu and the Werewolf Three Amigos. <laughs> oh, we cannot bring all that in there. Okay. Nymph bandit. No, it's Jungle Island. Not. Water and caves. That's where we are. All right. So now in our traditional capacity, we're going to end the show as we always do traditionally, somehow. With the the utmost of professionalism and confidence because we absolutely have a plan. Exactly. Because the plan is the plan. Goodbye. Goodbye. So it's, yeah, it's ended. Goodbye. Goodbye. The show is over. Leave the room. Put your headphones away. Why are you here? What are you still doing here? Go home. Walk away now while you still can. But come back next week. You better come back next week. (laughs) I hate you. You get lost and I love you. Please come back. I, I am what I started at, so we'll take it.